Olofinjana to Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello, welcome to episode 21 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlshaw and I'm joined by Ben Cartwright. Good evening. I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Good evening and hello. And making his debut (laughs) on the podcast, Rob Doolan. Good evening. Hello. (laughs) Excellent. How are we chaps? We well? Yeah, really well, thank you. Really well. Much better after last noise, I think. I've actually, I've actually just lost out on eBay um, on in a bidding war for a for a retro Stoke oh. kit. So which, which one was uh, it? Um, it was ninety one, ninety two, and it was going for like less than a fiver. And literally, mm-hmm. as the sort of second counted down, I think it was on two seconds. My phone lifts up. My mum oh. was calling me. And at that point, I was like, oh, oh. I've done it. "It's done." And then five minutes later, I. I look back on eBay. It's 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 not mine, lads. It's it's not it coming to my door. It was a sponsor on that. Oh god, I don't it didn't know. Didn't have a sponsor on it. I can't even. Remember. I've seen a few. I've been looking all over eBay. I'm just like a scavenger at the moment. Um, this this is Britannia. This must be one of the first. 1991. It can't be 91. I do. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Any, More anyway. sponsor anyway. chat on the next episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> Stoke City 3, Swansea City 1. Uh, lots to talk about from this game. Uh, we'll start with you, Rob. Uh, in uh, typical Rob Doolan style, can you give us some conclusions from this game? Oh, God, now you're asking. Um, I've got more conclusions than usual, to be honest. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try and keep it in a nutshell for you. I thought generally good. I was really pleased with the amount of chances we created. Um, I thought it was the most enjoyable Stoke game possibly of this calendar year. Uh, I thought it was nice to see us playing with a bit of a swagger for a change. Players like Arnie and um, and obviously Sobby, who I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, Alan, Adam, all really clicked for the first time. And despite some iffy moments in the first half, I thought it was, for the most part, a huge relief and a huge pleasure. Excellent. Uh, Chris, how was that for you? Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, we said on the preview that it was a match that we needed to win. We had to get a positive result, um, and we did it. And Swansea, for for all their effort, I don't think they looked like they, apart from a few iffy moments, they didn't really look like they were going to um, destroy us too much. So it was a good performance all in all. Um, yeah, it's good to be in 12th now as well shoot up the table soon so yeah good win really good win uh, Mark Hughes made one change for this game bringing in Charlie Adam for Jeff Cameron who uh, obviously had a bit of a knock was this a good move do you think Adam's really staked a claim for a first team place Ben or it, or are we just pining for Jeff Cameron still I mean, it it did stress me out to see the sort of the amount of plaudits that Charlie Adam was getting from all different angles. I mean, Henry Winter might be his sort of love. Charlie Adam might be Henry Winter's love child. The amount he was going on about him on Twitter last night, and even on Sky, they were saying he was having a, an amazing performance. I'm not saying he played played badly because I don't think he he did play badly. I think he played 
well, quite all right. But the fact of the matter is, I would much rather see, well, obviously Jeff Cameron in that position has, has made it his own, really, in the last few games. Um, but I would much rather go with a with a Bojan and move Allen back. I mean, in the post-match interview with um, Carragher and, and, and the rest of the gang, I mean, it, it was an interesting to say the least, but Alan was saying himself that he's always been a holding midfielder. And although it is great to see him scoring goals, I would still sort of, I, I don't know, call me old-fashioned from last season. I would still love to see Bojan instead of Adam coming onto the pitch. I just, I think Adam is just such an immobile option. And if we come up against better opposition um, than Swansea, then I think we would come unstuck if Adam was in there. Yeah, I was very critical of him first off. Uh, because it seemed to me that whilst he was uh, getting into you know reasonable uh, scoring positions, okay, he hit the post twice. That seemed to be all he did in in a sense. Because defensively, there were times when Swansea were walking through us a bit, and I think Charlie Adam was quite responsible for that because you know he's not very mobile, and I think Swansea used that to their advantage quite a lot. They they seem uh, sorry seemed to have a lot of time on the ball, and I think if Jack Cameron was there or maybe even Bueller, they wouldn't have had that time on the ball, perhaps, uh, because they know that Charlie Adam isn't going to chase them down the entire time. Now, I think he did improve defensively second half, but I was ve- I was very worried from the beginning about him, you know, playing a whole 90. I think he's a great option to bring off the bench because, you know, because he can strike a ball really well. But, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he did improve. He did improve for me. I think I'm just still stressed out from that mistake he made, that flick over his head he made. He, he did in the in the League Cup game against Hull. I'm still having flashbacks. Um, he's just got that mistake in him. Everyone knows that Charlie Adams got a half decent left foot, or better than half decent. But he just he just seems like a bit of a liability at times as well for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it was kind of uh, screaming frustrations because, especially in that first half, it just felt like there was really no mobility, to use the word you said, Dave, in in midfield. There was no pressing at all, and uh, um, like you say, it gave Swansea a lot of time on the ball. And whereas before, Mr. Cameron would have uh, used his athleticism, get up and down the pitch, there there wasn't really that from uh, from Charlie Dim. Now. <laughs> I was saying we were saying on Twitter last night that Charlie Adam technically, yeah, do you know what he's a he's a he's a good player. It's just a shame that he has the fitness of a guy who smokes forty a day. It's it, it, he would be in a fantastic player if he had the athleticism. It's just it is a real shame that he doesn't. Um, it worked. <laughs> it, it, well, it worked for us yesterday, and he did have some. He, his passing is very very good. You can't deny it. Um, his shots on target uh, on that hit the post again. That's what that's what will stand out in the in the highlight package. It's the <laughs> hitting the uh, the crossbar and etc etc. There was some time. He definitely got better in the second half. Definitely. Um, whether that means that we should go with them two going forward, I don't know. Especially against West Ham next week, where I think we are going to need a bit more. I don't know, muscle in midfield. He'll, Mark Hughes will stick with the same lineup. You know he will. <laughs> and, and it, well, no, he'll change it with where he's been enforced to change things, but the midfield's going to remain the same. You know how it will do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of that because I think 
if Shakiri's out, and I think we've got to think there's a strong possibility he might be, Arnie obviously is out. If Adam doesn't play, then who's going to be the, the sort of the creative beacon? I guess there's, there's a lot of pressure on Sobby. Can Alan do that in that more advanced role? I can I can totally understand the calls for Cameron to come back, and I was cursing myself in the first half of thinking, how are we so reliant on Jeff Cameron? It's like the end of Planet of the Apes. Like, oh, how is it? No question. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. More positively, it was a, a brace for Wilfred Boney against his former club. Um, do you think this has been coming? Do you think uh, his performances have, have merited uh, finally uh, getting on the score sheet? It's yes. one of those things where we, we all should have put our life savings on him scoring. I mean, I said in the preview that because everyone was saying he's going to score in this game, that we should all, uh, well, that Mark Hughes would then leave him out of the lineup completely. But obviously, he didn't do that and he did end up scoring <laughs> two goals, which is great. Um, but I, uh, I, he he deserves the goals. He's been he's definitely been playing better. I mean, I'm not from the Garth Crooks school of thought that thinks a player only plays well unless they put the the ball into the back of the net. I think he has been improving, and and certainly I think he definitely deserves to get his his first goal for the club. Um, what matters now is it as I said for the preview about Stoke as a whole is that it, it isn't just a one off thing. I mean, how many times when Fernando Torres went through? I'm, I mean, I don't want to compare Wilfred Bonny to Fernando Torres too much, but when he was going through that torrid patch of form, I'd be still in it. Every time he scored one or, or got a brace, people would be saying, oh, this is the end. Torres is back to full form. And, and well, really, we should be hoping that that is the case for Wilfred Bonny. Hopefully now he goes on and, and becomes that that sort of that top 20 goal a season striker that Stoke have really never had in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, well, it, it remains to be seen. But I'll, I'll be hoping as much as we all be, will be that, that Wilfred Bonny can sort of use as a stepping stone to really kicking off his season. I think the instincts were there again with Bonny. That was what most impressed me about him last night. I think it has been coming incrementally week by week, but his position for the first goal where he just gambled that the ball will come back in and then the instinctive sort of flick of his head for the second goal. I thought that is the sign of a Premier League striker, an instinctive one. I think that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um other standout performer, of course, uh, we alluded to earlier, Ramadan Sobi, uh, forcing an own goal uh, for the, go- uh, the goal that puts two on up. By all accounts, very impressive. Uh, what did you make of him, Chris? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in love already. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously it's sad to see Shakiri go off, and we hope that he is uh, better and well. But... Um, there was absolutely no fear from the guy. No fear whatsoever. He was happy to keep going. He would constantly try tricks. And you know what? For the most part, it was working for the for the lad. Um, now, really, really glad that we got to see him play for an extended period of time. And, and what an impact, really. Um, <laughs> it was great to see um, Egyptian social media go absolutely crazy. Like, Mido, Mido of all players, was tweeting like... <laughs> Oh, absolutely amazing from Ramadan Sobe and all the other... Yeah, it was great. It was really, really good to see. I think he looks like a a, a, good, a good talent for the future. I think... Oh, I'd like to see him get more game time. Obviously, I'm hoping now that in the event of Shakiri or Anatovic being out, he will be the first person to come to. Um, <laughs> I say I hope because I... I've watched Mark Hughes substitutions before and I know how it goes. Um, no, I, 
he's he's a great he looks like a great talent. Only nineteen as well. You've got to assume that with a bit more playing time, he's he will be something quite quite special for us. Um, you, you hope so anyway. I, he he reminded me of an out of it in terms of his effortlessness at trying to hold the ball up and his willingness to just take players on. I was very very happy to see him play, and I'm hopeful that he will be in the lineup next week away in London. <laughs> yeah, great, great player. <laughs> can't, like, can't wait. The thing about Sobby is, well, you say he reminded you of Arnautovic, there was that moment um, down the left wing where he, he came back and, and won the ball off their, off yeah. their right winger just as he's about to start an attack, which is another sign that I, I think everyone loves to see. I mean, when Sobby came on as a sub, I think it's one of those situations where everyone was kind of, oh, no, it's really gutted that Shakiri's coming off, but at least it's Sobby coming on. Mark Hughes is actually made, making a substitution that everyone's happy about. It's like when you've got a player in your fantasy football team and they go and score against Stoke, it's like, oh, I really, I really, I really, I really got. But at least he's in my fantasy team. And I think it was a similar situation for, for Sobby coming on. And obviously, he, he played fantastically well and, and he's definitely one to be excited about. It's funny you should say that. He he is actually in my fantasy team. So uh, there we go. Sobby's in your it, fantasy it didn't matter, team. Though. He's in my uh, my draft uh, fantasy okay. team. Yeah, yeah. And it was me against Sam in this weekend's fixtures, and Sam had Joe Allen. And it was based on out of those two players who would get the most points. <laughs> and so it, it was look. It was for a while. It was looking like oh my god, I. I I could have snatched it from him, but uh, no, Joe Allen, Joe Allen ruined it for me. But, no, but <laughs> well, not Joe really. Allen uh, ruined it for Swansea, of course. Joe Allen, another uh, standout <laughs> performer from this game. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you, we're running out of words uh, to describe Joe Allen. Um, Rob, an, another fantastic <laughs> performance from uh, from the Welsh insert brilliant footballer here. Yeah, we're almost sort of taking for granted now, especially since, as he was saying, he's in a, the, the midst of a goal drought now. It's been, what, two two, two games. games since he's left scored? Two whole <laughs> games. But yeah, I just never... I think we all thought, or most of us thought, he'd be a good signing, but he's been a good signing in a way that we probably didn't imagine and that he's been this sort of Frank Lampard-esque goal-scoring hero and, uh, and this sort of creative hub rather than a sort of metronomic stopper further back whether we will see that that's the the burning question that we were alluded to alluding to earlier but yeah it just, he's just astonishing isn't he that move for uh Arnautovic's chance uh where he hit the post it was it was beautiful mm. it was uh Sobby playing an intricate through ball to Allen and then Allen picking out Arnautovic oh, for the yeah. superb pass there were some absolutely lovely passes though from us in this game like that one um you mentioned absolutely brill the uh and out of it, well, they des- they described it on Sky as a Cruyff pass. <laughs> Is that a thing? Um, can we can we spend can we spend yeah. a bit of time on that pass? Because on on Sky they literally spent ten seconds on that pass. They did not give it enough justice. That is oh, one of the best passes we will see all season it, from Arnautovic. I I watch it Cruyff so many times. Is it Cruyff pass an actual thing? It's better with each one. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But it's <laughs> is now. It's, it's, it's an Arnautovic well, pass. <laughs> Yeah, let's not attribute it to Yemen Freud. It's an it's an Arnie pass, that. Um oh, absolutely in, inspired pass. Um yeah, just 
he, he constantly surprises me, like with the things that he can just pull out of his uh, of his locker because you you think you know what to expect from him, and then he'll do something like that that you've never seen before. Oh, <laughs> he's yeah, it was it was, uh, but but and, and on on Sky as well. To be fair, they they were waxing lyrically about uh, Joe Allen's assist because he actually. And I, I hadn't actually noticed it in real time, but yeah, he falls over the defender, and as he's tripped, tripping up, volleys mm. the ball to Boney, who then heads it in. It's just, every, yeah, everything seemed to work in that regard. I do, I do think we probably should shout out to um, Glenn Whelan though as well, because his pass to Sobby for the second goal was also a, a very nice pass. Yeah, I, I thought Glenn Whelan had probably one of his best games of the season so far for me yesterday. He, he just seemed to do everything tidily and then he he added that kind of extra dimension of finding Sobby with that uh, great through ball. I also think uh, Phil Barsley as well, um, who we didn't think would start, uh, pulled out a fantastic right-back performance. Um, mm-hmm. Rob, uh, I think I saw you tweet about the uh, left-back in this game, Eric Peters. It wasn't his finest hour, in my opinion. I've got <laughs> I thought he was absolutely diabolical. And I say that as Eric and that sounds harsh after a three one win, but I just cannot remember him passing to another Stokeshire. I I looked like a geek at his passing stats and he was by distance he had the worst ones of any Stoke player on the pitch, like worse than Bonnie as a centre forward, worse than either of the wingers, a lot worse than Bardsley. I just thought, what is wrong, Eric? What are you having a bad day? Like Something is everything okay at home? He was he was really poor, um, and that incident with the penalty at the end was something we got away with. So it's, it's about time that Michael Oliver's incontinence paid for us for a change. Yeah, that that was a it was a just proper stupid moment because you could see it coming in a way because he'd failed to clear um, what should have been quite an easy ball to clear, and then decided just to have a wrestling match with the Swansea player. And then drag him down. You thought, oh god, they're going to get back into this game through <laughs> just self-destruction. But uh, thankfully, yeah, you could see it. You could see it all, couldn't you? As soon as that, as Michael Oliver pointed to the spot, it's like, oh yeah, four three to Swansea. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can you imagine how livid we would be if if that was the other way around and the penalty didn't get given? I yeah. I can't imagine how we'd be here sitting here right now, right this second, absolutely having a go at Michael Oliver. Which he should have. I think he, he had you know, an awful game. I'm sure we'll come on to yeah. that later. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still in shock how that penalty wasn't I, I given. I think it was pretty bad all um, round, yeah. to be honest. Uh, it, and, it's, and it's it's nice to say that when your team's won, that you can have a go at the ref, even when you've uh, won fairly <laughs> comfortably. But uh, yeah, I agree with Rob. It was a hand grenade of a, of a performance from Eric Peters. Like we know his crossing isn't the best. Like that's sort of taken as red with Eric Peters, but. So some of the more simple <laughs> passing was just proper hearty in mouth stuff, and thought, oh, I don't know, I don't know if he's maybe too comfortable in his position, but uh, just hope hope he uh, sorts himself out. <laughs> um, Onatovic picks up a yellow card, uh, and he's out of the West Ham game with the suspension. Uh, I haven't seen a replay of this challenge. But uh, from my view in the DPD stand, the side of the pitch where it took place, he looked like he won the ball fair and square to me. Looked like a perfectly good tackle. 
Yeah, back in my day, they'd be applauding tackles like that. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I did. Ball, I think I was about to. It was, it was the be- one of those tackles that you love to see, and then he gets the yellow card for it. Incredible. Ta- tackling, for me, <laughs> good tackle, just as good as a the, good goal. Um, the, and that was a good tackle. The game has gone. <laughs> the game has gone. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a list of how many times the game has gone this season. That's the 28, so there we go. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, it was it it was a perfectly fine tackle, um, but never mind, eh? Well, I do mind <laughs> it, because cause he's out of the West Ham game. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 extremely extremely irritating. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine now if they put Antonio at right back? I'm just thinking it through in my head. The situation if it was Arnautovic in the form he's in against. Against Michael Antonio <laughs> at right back. I don't know if he's injured. I don't really care. But I mean, I guess we, we'll have Sobi on the left wing instead. But yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to say to it. It's it, it's a it's a shame that he's out. Um, you got to get but, on with it, I suppose. Well, you have, and and to be fair, it it will be nice to see Sobi play. Hopefully, for ninety minutes, you know. Um, just <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, do you know what I'm really positive about everything so it's going to be fine we, it'll, it'll be okay <laughs> it'll be fine simply because karma karma is the reason why because there was a West Ham Central last night uh, posted some like gif of Slavin Bilic um, laughing <laughs> Shakiri and Anatovic are out lol 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 and it's karma because now <laughs> guys you you wait you're going to have Sobby on one wing and Jonathan Walters <laughs> on the other. Three ones of the bounce. Five games unbeaten, including a great point at Old Trafford. Uh, Rob, the big question, has Hughes silenced his doubters? I'm going to say no. Not yet. I think the acid test really is going to be when we play someone who isn't just appalling. <laughs> um, I'd I'd like to believe we have. I'm, I'm pleased that, that he's taken the drastic steps that he needed to take to, to get us out of this nosedive. But I think we have to be realistic and say Sunderland, are, until they get Allardyce back, uh, they hold their nose, get Allardyce back, are, are almost certainties for allegation. Hull are as good as down already. Swansea were much worse than I thought they were going to be. Um, so, yeah, when we play someone who, who isn't just rotten to the core, that, that'll be the real acid test for Hughes. Yeah, um, I, I, I did see a lot of uh, tweets that, to the effect of, oh, 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 you all wanted you sacked after Palace, and, you know, <laughs> where are you now? Um, yeah. And to, to which I say to that, we were appalling at Crystal Palace. We were atrocious in nearly every respect, and you were perfectly entitled, in my view, to want you to go. And... Now, now we've won three on the bounce. That doesn't mean that's gone away. It doesn't mean like everything's solved now. What? It, uh, I, it, it's 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 hard to explain, but just because we've been playing well recently doesn't mean there are still big concerns to be had about the way we started the season. And people will always people will always say, "Oh, we start slowly," but why do we start slowly? You know. These are, these are questions that Hughes will have to answer eventually because uh, what, eventually they might come back to bite us. 
you can you can compare it to some um, to sort of how the papers are dealing with Brexit currently, like releasing all the stats, like oh the economy's fine now, um, but but in actual fact Brexit hasn't happened yet. So we <laughs> basically what I'm trying to say is that Hughes hasn't sort of he hasn't finished the season, so it might turn around and it might end up that yes Brexit <laughs> is really bad, or yes Hughes should be sacked. We just he have to wait and see. <laughs> we don't know. That, that's a fantastic metaphor, uh, Ben. I don't think uh, anyone will beat that. He hasn't triggered the Article 50 of a home of a home <laughs> game against Everton <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, acid tests still What's to off? come. Yeah. Um, while while I'm ha- having a bit of a moan. Um, Got got back into the car last night after the game. I'd been to the uh, Bet365, had a great time, you know. Terrific result, good performance, you know. I'm pleased. Get in the car, put Radio Stoke on, as is tradition. Andy Griffin is talking about Imbula, who who, who hadn't (laughs) even come on. And he's saying, well, if you're a footballer and you don't work hard, I don't know uh, what it is you can do. Try being a paramedic, and you think, "Oh God, here we go." And then, and and then, <laughs> a caller phones up and says, "Oh, I, I agree. I think um, I think we need to cut our losses with Bueller. I think uh, it's no coincidence that since he's been out the team that uh, that we've played well. He he just doesn't work hard enough." And this, then he just started off on one about a player who hadn't even played and thought. I know that people may not rate Imbula as highly as I do, for example. I think he's a very good player who, with the right guidance, could be a fantastic player for us. But it's just so disheartening to hear, you know, immediately after a good win, just, you know, sticking the boot into a player who hadn't even played for five games. It just, oh, it it, it ticked me off. And, and when Andy Griffin was talking about, oh, paramedics and stuff he's like what's that got to do with anything i mean come on <laughs> pay, pay paramedic footballers wages yeah <laughs> it's that type of thing i mean on, on that thing that's just that's just him trying to you know get your dad to ring up and be like yeah you're right andy well yeah they these footballers don't know anything do they? they they've not even had a proper job unlike you andy who's on a radio program but also played football um but now in terms of him in Bula, like i mean everyone knows what we think of him and we rate him highly he's clearly the that interview that mark Hughes did a bit back um which was saying you know we, we haven't given up on on him it's just there's a there's still language issues and all that type of stuff it I don't know. Maybe there's there's cultural the, issues yeah. for it. Like he's struggling to learn, uh, learn the language, and when he when you're playing in that role where you are, you know, the the heartbeat of the team, communication's kind yeah. of a big thing. You, you are, yeah, that is it is needed. Um, the, the the prevailing thing uh, seems to me is that the I think most fans' perception of him seems to be that he's lazy and doesn't want to play, whereas I think. He does want to play, and I don't think he's an inherently lazy footballer. I just think, clearly, he's not hes not either being tactically disciplined for some reason, or there, there are issues perhaps around the language where he's just not clicking with the rest of his teammates. I don't think it's got anything to do with his attitude per se. Maybe, maybe it turns out I'm wrong, and maybe it turns out oh, he's just like, 
he's skiving off training in and all the rest, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think we need, just need to give the guy a break, really. I think the, thing, the thing that irks me is that if, if, as Mark Hughes said in that interview, that essentially there are language problems or whatever, surely the club should be doing something or someone in the club should be doing something to make it easier for him. Like, were, he they? is definitely a talented footballer and and you're signing these different players from across the continent. If that's if that's the sort of strategy that Stoke City are going to take, why are there no sort of well why there no why is there no strategy in place to implement these these players get these players involved in the squad and get getting learning the language and whatever um if that is the actual reason i just i don't really buy into that i i don't i don't think that's right i don't like i mean i'm i don't know the situation as you as you've just said but if there's some sort of language barrier or issue with integrating in the squad and the and the club aren't doing anything to sort of help that move along then that's quite upsetting to me like i don't really understand that that anyway. I mean, it, that's come from the player as well, hasn't it? We don't know how, how involved he's been. He's got to, to sort of show willing in that regard as well. And maybe he is, but, but as you say, we don't we don't know yeah. either way, really. Um, yeah, so I've, I've had my bit of a moan. So uh, uh, back to more positive stuff. Um, Wilfred Boney, as we mentioned, getting on the score sheet. We scored from a combined distance of uh, about a yard uh, last night, which was a uh, Quite quite pleasing to see that we're getting in these areas, but also I thought uh, that we looked more solid at the back, with perhaps the exception of Eric Peters. Uh, is is Bruno Martins Indy someone who's really impressed you, Rob? Oh yeah, I think my favourite thing about Bruno Martins Indy is how much he reminds me of Dave Benson Phillips at <laughs> your own back. I think uh, I can just imagine <laughs> Diego Costa at some point this season, which I think is something we all want to see. <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think Martin Zendi is, is probably the, the centre-back that Hughes has wanted all along. I think he, he sort of combines that physicality that we didn't see from Walsh Hyde. Sorry, James, if you're listening. Um, along with, um, with being good on the and being composed and being able to bring it back, um, I think it's a no-brainer to try and make that a permanent deal as soon as possible. Absolutely. And uh, another pretty solid performance from Lee Grant as well. Um, didn't have too much to do, but he made a, a fantastic save first half. Yeah, it was a bit one for the cameras, I thought, but um, he's, he's been brilliant. I was really worried after West Brom because I put a lot of the blame on him for, for their goal. But after that United performance, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been better than I think a lot of us dare dream it'd be. So I'd still bring Jack Button back as soon as his ankles is sort of knitted back together and all doing it OK. But yeah, I mean, he's been a very shrewd signing from Hughes. Credit to him. Um, I've just realised uh, I've got another moan, lads. Uh, if, if you If you can... Uh... Indulge me again. It, <laughs> I, I, it's mo- it's moaning about other people moaning. Um, just that sometimes keeping the ball is fine. Uh, at three one up yesterday, there'd be times where we'd go back, you know, pass the ball back to the uh, defenders and just keep keep possession for a while without, you know, trying to break them down too hard. And like we're just all. I just like murmurs of discontent could be heard everywhere, and I just, I just want to, I just like us all to calm down sometimes and just realise, look, it's fine. <laughs> Keeping the ball is a good thing. Barcelona do it, you know. Yeah. We we we've not adopted possession football uh, into yeah. our hearts yet, have we? It's uh, it's not it's not quite taken a full grip of us. We still panic when we're in possession. Um, I, I remember it like 
when in the first season when we'd be trying to keep the ball and just people shouting, just get rid of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. I remember Danny Higginbottom wrote an article about it. I think you're a bit that you know saying Stoke fans need to learn patience in, because this is the style you're playing now. You keep the ball. It hasn't hasn't quite happened yet, but uh, but no, I agree. It's quite frustrating that to hear the murmurs of frustration that you, you know we're actually in control of a game. Yeah, we do treat it's it a some... bit like witchcraft, don't we? The idea that we might might just be patient and keep the ball for a bit, it's just, you know, burning people at the stake for not launching <laughs> it forward. But we'll get that. It's something that happens at non-league football as well. I know that you, Dave, have been through a, a lot of non-league games in the in the recent months and something that I've experienced as well. And, and you get fans sort of moaning about players, even at that level, like playing it around the back. And they're like, get it forward, get it forward. It's like, whatever, get it up to the striker. So the the defenders then proceed to pump it up the field. And then it goes straight to their defending, defenders. They're like, moaning, why did you pump it up the field? It's like, come on, play. <laughs> Just, just, just be content. You don't need to shout at them, please. I just thought it was amazing that a Monday night football game was was an entertaining game. Like, how often does that happen? And, and Stoke were involved. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching it. As we said earlier in the podcast, I just wanted to get that out there again and say, well done to the lads. I thought it was a really entertaining and 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 in the end quite convincing performance. I think we should we should all be happy about that until. We go to London on, on Saturday and, well, see what happens there. I enjoyed Richard Keyes suggesting that Stoke versus Swansea on a Monday night was more important than the US presidential election. <laughs> Are you so... <laughs> I missed this. Yeah, he tweeted something like, uh, oh, how boring is it all, always hearing about the US presidential, presidential election? Thank God for Monday night football. Like, <laughs> Didn't he also tweet about something about Bonnie and English strikers or something? Look, look. I, yeah, I don't think we should that. go down yeah. the route of what Richard Keyes has said because uh, we'll get in trouble. But, uh, <laughs> it was just banter. It's, anyway, I following on from that, I really, really enjoyed um, the Stoke website referring to Bonnie as a, as a Dutchman. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, it's you wonder where they got that from. All I can think of is uh, Ivory Coast, who uh, Bonnie uh, plays for internationally also wear an orange kit so maybe they've just seen a picture and just thought oh that's Holland that is no I I think that they they think that he came from like the v, the Vitesse Arnhem Academy or something because obviously he played for them before Swansea I think that they just said yeah he, he came from Holland didn't he must be where, where he's from like <laughs> I mean someone this is I don't I'm not complaining this isn't a rant but someone's got paid and written that like Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to complain. I'll stop there. Can I also add that um, it's breaking my heart to see Bojan's sad little face on the on the bench all the time. Like I don't know if I'd play him, but it's just to, to see his, his little his little frown is just heartbreaking. Yep. I've just gone, I've just gone three hours without crying about that, and now I'm going to set me off. You're preaching the, to the converted here about uh, playing Bojan and just uh, just wanting wanting him to see him happy again. Oh. That's it. If I want to see him play at the moment, I just it's just seeing him look so sad just really wounds me. Like I have to go back to his Twitter and look at those pictures of him sort of feeding himself extravagant Spanish onions <laughs> just to make myself feel better about. Uh, on, on the uh, subject of players being happy, um, 
one of my favourite things about Arnie, just uh, apart from him just being one of the best players of all time ever, uh, is how when bon- Bonnie scored uh, the first yesterday, uh, Arnie celebrated with him as if he was about to fight him. And he and he's done this quite a lot now. Uh, he'll he'll run over to celebrate with the player instead of just like giving him a hug or whatever. He'll just like push him a bit. <laughs> he's he's something else, that lad, isn't he? He's something else. Okay, I think uh, that's it from us then. Uh, Rob, thank you very much. Well, thank you all. It's been an honour to be on, and uh, thank you for letting me bring my um, my sort of reedy Ned Flanders voice <laughs> to to the pottery. So. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, pleasure as always. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow, hopefully, if not Thursday, uh, with a preview of the West Ham game. And despite my moans earlier, I am genuinely really happy about the result yesterday. You know, don't don't assume anything like that. Uh, Chris and Ben, thank you very much again. I'll see you very soon. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's at Wizards of Dribble on Twitter, or you can email wizardsofdribblepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Come on, Stoke. Yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hi, everyone. It's David again. Uh, just wanted to point you in the direction of Rob Doolan's excellent Stoke City blog. It's at chiefdelilah3.wordpress.com, and you'll often find links to it on the Oatcake. Uh, his most recent article was Conclusions of the Sunderland Game. And for my money, you won't find a more balanced or reasoned uh, analysis of Stoke City from a Stoke City fan. Certainly not on this podcast, but anywhere. So go check his blog out. Uh, I often just find myself just nodding my head in agreement. So definitely worth uh, your time. Probably should have mentioned it during the actual show, but um, doing it now. Thanks, everyone.